You're listening to the Outdoor Photography Podcast, episode 80. In today's Tidbit Tuesday, I'm going to share five ways to protect yourself from ticks to reduce your risk of acquiring tick-borne illnesses while doing landscape or nature photography. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Brenda Petrella, the creator of Outdoor Photography School. Join me as I sit down with top landscape and nature photographers and outdoor industry experts to chat about creativity, composition, photography tips and techniques, essential gear, safety in the outdoors, respect for nature, and so much more. Tune in every week to learn how to create compelling and impactful images while exploring and enjoying the natural world. Welcome to the Outdoor Photography Podcast. Hello, my friends, Brenda Petrella here, and I have to apologize for the sound of my voice. I got hit with COVID pretty hard this past week, and I've been spending most of the week in bed recovering. I didn't want to leave you without an episode this week, though, so today is going to be a replay of one of our earliest Tidbit Tuesdays on tick safety. We have a lot of new listeners now, and I thought it was worth replaying and revisiting that episode. Usually we think of ticks as being a problem in the spring, but they're around all summer long and into the fall as well. And around here in Vermont, while the fall foliage is currently peaking and is spectacular, the tick population is also booming. And so it is a good idea to take the precautions that I discuss in today's replay. The updated show notes for this episode can be found at outdoorphotographypodcast.com slash 80. And just a quick reminder, I'm going to create an episode featuring you and your favorite photography or outdoor related tidbits. So if you would like to share your best favorite or most unusual tip, you can submit your response by clicking the link in the episode description or go to outdoorphotographypodcast.com and click the submit a question button. It's actually the same process you would use to submit a question for the podcast. Since your tidbit will be shared here to a wide audience, be sure to share your photography website if you have one or a social media handle where you would like to connect with people. Please submit your tidbits by this Sunday, October 16th, and I will compile them for a future episode airing on October 25th. Thank you so much to everyone who has participated so far. I'm really looking forward to putting this together. All right, now on to the tips on tick safety. Hey everybody, Brenda Petrella here, here to help you create better images and reconnect with nature. In today's Tidbit Tuesday, we're going to talk about the ladder connecting with nature. And I'm not talking about immersing yourself in the breathtaking wonder of it, but rather we're going to talk about some of the creepy crawlies you may encounter while doing so. This episode is coming out during the middle of the spring season in the Northern Hemisphere. And for many of us, this means tick season. These tiny blood-sucking arachnids are often overlooked and may seem harmless given their incredibly small size, but they can cause severe health problems if we're not careful and take the proper precautions. So today we're going to talk about five ways to protect yourself from ticks while doing outdoor photography. But first, here are some fun facts about ticks. So depending on their developmental stage or species, ticks can range in size from being as small as a poppy seed to as large as a pencil eraser. And they are found all over the world. So wherever their natural hosts live, which includes mammals, birds, reptiles, and even amphibians. 
They prefer to reside in grassy, brushy, and wooded areas, and they prefer climates that have warm and humid seasons. They are parasites and require blood meals at each developmental stage, and as such, they can transmit disease at any developmental stage as well. And ticks can find you by what's called questing. So they basically hang out on a twig or a leaf with their hind legs and they keep their front legs stretched out and just at the ready to grasp an unsuspecting passerby. And it's important to remember that while most tick bites can be harmless, some can actually transmit disease-causing bacteria, viruses, and parasites. And so that's why we're having this conversation today. One concept that I'd like to bring up in this discussion is the difference between a hazard and a risk. So oftentimes people conflate these two terms, but they actually have different meanings. So a hazard is something that can cause you physical harm, whereas a risk is the probability of exposure to the hazard. So the two ways to reduce risk is to either eliminate the hazard or eliminate the exposure. So when it comes to hazards like tick-borne illnesses, what we need to do is reduce our exposure to the ticks. So obviously one way to do this is to just stay inside all the time, but that's no fun. So what can we do instead? Well, let's dive into our five tips. So tip number one is wear proper clothing. And we're going for function over fashion here. So this means wearing long pants, preferably with the pants actually tucked inside your socks, long sleeves and closed toed shoes. So the goal here is to reduce the potential access the tick could have to your cozy, delicious skin. <laughs> and if it's hot out, consider wearing clothing that is breathable and lighter in color so you don't get too hot. And actually, the lighter color of the clothing will also make it easier to spot the dark colored ticks. So tip number two is to use a tick repellent on your clothing and outdoor gear. And this can come in different forms. So one way is to get clothing that's already been pre-treated with a tick repellent or pesticide. One that's commonly used is called permethrin. And this is a chemical that basically makes the ticks unable to bite after they've come in contact with it. And you can buy permethrin-treated clothing or even just permethrin spray that you can safely use on your clothes, boots, backpacks, tents, and so forth. And I'll put links in the show notes for some examples. Just obviously don't use the permethrin spray on your camera gear. <laughs> and also don't apply it directly to your skin. And there's another tick repellent that's good for skin applications that I'll, I'll mention in just a minute. So there are a couple of precautions that you should take with permethrin. So one, it's best to spray your clothing or your boots when you're not wearing them and let them dry first before wearing that particular article of clothing. And it's actually good for about six washes in the laundry before you need to reapply it. And the second precaution is that if you have cats, it's best to use it at uh, less than 1% concentration because it can become uh, a little bit toxic to cats. And third, if you do any photography near rivers, streams, or lakes and use gators or any other sort of equipment or clothing that comes into water, then I would avoid using it because it can also be toxic to aquatic life. Okay, so what can you spray on the areas of your body that aren't protected by clothing? Well, the two recommended repellents are DEET and Picaridin. DEET has been the insect repellent of choice for outdoor enthusiasts for forever, it seems. 
because of its effectiveness. However, some people have skin reactions to it and it can also deteriorate water repellent treatments like Gore-Tex. So you don't really want to use it on your outdoor gear. Picaridin, on the other hand, is a synthetic compound that's based on the natural compounds found in black pepper. And so it's generally considered to be less irritable than DEET, and it can be used on the skin and also clothing, some plastics and other synthetic materials. And there are other options for skin safe repellents, such as oil of lemon eucalyptus. And I'll put a link in the show notes to these and also to an environmental protection agency's uh, search tool on different repellents if you want to look up even other options. Tip number three, when you're hiking, stick to the middle of the trail as much as possible because ticks are usually found in the grassy overgrowth areas on the edges of trails and also on the branches that tend to be at shoulder height. And so you're less likely to encounter these in the middle of the trail. Tip number four, when you return home, be sure to check yourself for ticks. And if you can, it's best to remove your clothing before entering your home so that you don't bring any of them inside with you. And keep in mind that ticks are especially attracted to the warmer areas of your body, including your armpits, sides, groin area, hairline, and the creases of your elbows and knees, and even behind your ears. So those would be the places to check first. And also, it's sometimes it's easier to feel the ticks rather than seeing them because they can be so small. So make sure you feel around with your hands as well. And since ticks may be left on your clothing after you take them off, it's a good idea to launder them or tumble your clothes in a dryer for about 10 minutes or so on high heat, and that should remove the ticks. And don't forget to also inspect your camera backpack and any other gear you took along as well to make sure that they're not just hanging out there. Tip number five, what do you do if you find a tick? Well, if it's unattached, then just dispose of it by either drowning it in some rubbing alcohol, flushing it down the toilet, and no, it won't swim back up the drain, or sealing it in some tape before throwing it away. Now, what do you do if it is attached? Well, first, try not to panic. And keep in mind that if you remove it right away, say you find it within the first 24 to 36 hours of attachment, you're much less likely to contract an illness. Second, when you are trying to remove the tick, do it as gently as possible. So you want to take a pair of tweezers and grasp the tick's head as close to the skin as possible and pull straight out in the direction of the tick's body. So basically like perpendicular to the skin without twisting it. And it's, it's just the mouth parts that are embedded in your skin, not the head. But if you try to do things like adding oils or heat or petroleum jelly or things like that, that's just going to aggravate the tick and it's more likely to push in further or release the pathogens that it's carrying through its saliva. So it's very important to try to be as gentle and calm as possible when trying to remove the tick. And I'll put a link in the show notes to a video that demonstrates how this is done properly. And if you do get it out, it's a good idea to save it in a piece of tape in case you do develop symptoms down the road so that your healthcare provider can more easily make a diagnosis. And if you start to feel ill or develop a rash or fever or have any unusual symptoms like that, obviously contact your healthcare provider immediately and let them know that you were bitten by a tick and they'll let you know what the next steps to take are. Okay, so hopefully that information will help you reduce your risk of acquiring tick-borne illnesses while enjoying the outdoors. 
And I'll be back here next week with an interview with the Photo Cascadia team. And so until then, get outside, my friend, and find yourself a little nature. Take care.